0: Ordinary people aren't powerless in the face of tragedy and suffering. Many bounce back with resilience, but some do more. They bounce forward and succeed in unimagined ways. Such is the story of one man. His name is Alan Locke. Welcome to my resilience podcast number 19. I'm your host, Cecil Ledesma, coming to you from Austin, Texas. It's beautiful here. It is Monday, September 30th. As a kid, Alan Locke knew he was going to be a career military man. After secondary education, he became a navigation officer on the British destroyer HMS York. His night watch shifts were long and tiring. One evening he could barely read his navigation charts. Come morning, he still couldn't read them. Weeks passed and he saw phantom shadows and gaps blinking into his field of vision. Naturally, Locke had his eyes tested. The results showed he had genetic abnormality that destroys the macula, the part of the eye related to seeing fine detail. Macular degeneration typically affects people in their 60s and 70s, but Locke was only 23 he would never read, drive, or fully see again. Two months later, he received a discharge from the military. The worst part is that I didn't have a heroic story to tell, he said. It is such an ignominious end. While his peripheral vision was fine, his center of vision was permanently damaged. It was like looking through frosted glass. He tried to keep his mind on the positive, but his It didn't help. It didn't feel genuine. Instead, he felt angry and frustrated. His friends encouraged him to think positively, but Alan calls himself a natural pessimist. He knew positivity could not bring back his vision or his life in the Navy. I'm just not the silver lining type of person. Thinking realistically was the only way to move forward. Supporters of the so-called power of positive thinking, they often claim that positive thoughts are so potent that they can even mean the difference between life and death. But most therapies don't limit themselves to positive thinking. Instead, therapists generally encourage patients to express their thoughts and feelings, whatever those may be. In Locke's case, his rejection of simplistic positive thinking helped him face his new life. Accepting the reality of his situation, he put his earlier dreams of a military career behind him to make room for other dreams. He had to begin his goal pursuit from the perspective of a blind person. His thinking is more realistic than simple positivity, yet more positive than pessimism. We like to call this grounded hope, an approach involving building one's choices on a firm understanding of reality. People who are more hopeful in this way tend to make more progress on their goals than people who are less hopeful. They also are on average less depressed, less anxious, and report that their life is more meaningful. I know what I can't do without my eyesight, he said. So now I'm going to figure out what I can do. And that's what he did. In 2008, Locke set out to become the first legally blind person to row across the Atlantic. He and his friend Matt Borum took off in a 24-foot rowboat from the Canary Islands for Barbados. With no motor or sail, it was a dangerous journey. The men had little space to maneuver in, a compass, a GPS, gas-powered cooking equipment, and food for 100 days. Of course they suffered setbacks. The boat was pummeled by rough seas and icy winds pushed them toward the tip of Africa, causing them to lose days in their journey. Then the seals broke and water leaked into the galley. Equipment shorted out and food spoiled. But Locke was prepared. It wasn't as if I didn't see it coming. He avoids the comforting fictions that make a person think everything will be fine. Instead, he often asks himself, well, what should I do now? After 85 days, he and Borum landed in Barbados. And Guinness World Records officials informed Locke that he was the first blind person to row across an ocean. In later years, he would also set a record for trekking to the South Pole. Well done, Alan. Researchers, managers, consultants, psychologists all know that resilience is the most important factor not only to mental health but to performance and success people who are resilient to adversity difficulty and stress quickly rise to the top they are today's best performers and tomorrow's leaders it is also a lack of resilience which is associated with stress leave absenteeism poor performance and ultimately mental illness Resilience is pretty much the holy grail of positive human functioning. The big question then is how to build resilience. How do everyday people strengthen their capacity to respond well to setbacks, to persist in the face of failure rather than give up and to cope effectively with stress? This question raises what I refer to as The resilience paradox. Resilience is characterized by the ability to maintain a positive mindset and keep stress in check when dealing with difficult experiences. Drawing on this perspective, resilience training programs frequently focus on building people's capacity to maintain positive thoughts and emotions like gratitude and promote strategies designed to minimize stress like mindfulness Although important, a focus on positivity and stress reduction alone overlooks a critical aspect of how resilience is built. Reducing stress rather than engaging with it productively does little to promote the capacity to respond effectively to adversity. Even worse, placing too much emphasis on the value of remaining positive can lead people to respond poorly, to failure, and may even contribute to conditions such as depression. This is because messages about the importance of positivity can make people feel like they are failing to be resilient or successful when they feel down, anxious, or stressed. Resilience does not come from maintaining a zen-like response to every experience that life throws at us. It is born from being in touch with what it feels like to fail, from understanding the pain of loss, and from an intimate insight into the experience of being overwhelmed and out of our depth. Put simply, resilience is developed through discomfort. That means being exposed to experiences that push us or challenge us in a variety of ways. And that's all the time I have. I'll see you again next week for number 20 of my Resilience Podcast. And as I wind this one down, I've always wanted to author the conversation on resilience and mental health because as a very proud Navy father, it means something to me personally, like heart and soul personally. Be sensitive and be kind always, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Take care of your mental health anxiety, depression, PTSD, trauma. Nobody has to ever fight this shit alone. It's real, it's deadly, and it's a real battle. So if you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out, ask for help or tell somebody. Your life is a gift and it is precious to me. Stay resilient.